All right, you're worried that someone's going to steal your idea and you want them to sign an NDA. During this video, I'm going to talk about how do I use NDAs when I'm pitching my own ideas. Okay, this is a topic I know a lot of you are concerned about protecting your ideas, protecting your inventions. And there's a lot of tools to do that. There's a lot of intellectual property tools such as patents and, and trademarks and copyrights and a bunch of other stuff. But I know you're really concerned about NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, and you're curious about how do they work and how do I use them and how do I get a company to sign it? Because I hear a lot about Steve I want a company to sign my NDA and they won't sign it. So let's talk about a little bit about how to use NDAs. What do they really do? And um, so you're not making these mistakes. So first of all, I'm not a patent attorney and I'm not giving you legal advice. I'm going to give you business advice of how I use non-disclosure agreements, NDAs, when I'm pitching my ideas. NDAs, non-disclosure agreements. What are they? How do I use them? And why is everybody talking about them? Wow. All the time I hear people reaching out to me and they're saying, Steve, I want a company to sign an NDA before I show them my idea. And most companies I'm going to tell you are not going to sign an NDA. So what is an NDA to begin with? And I've got some notes here, but because I have to read it, it's so long. And we're going to talk about a mutual NDA because there's lots of different types of NDAs. But in this particular situation, when you have an invention and you want a company to sign your non-disclosure agreement, we're going to talk about mutual NDAs. So you're wondering, what is really a mutual NDA? I've got notes here that I'm going to try to read to you. A mutual non-disclosure agreement and NDA are legal documents that establish a confidential relationship between two or more parties, probably you and the company. The purpose of a mutual NDA is to protect sensitive information that may be shared between the parties during the course of their business dealings. Okay, that's what a great thing that is. If you've got confidential information, which could include everything from a PPA to know-how, to a business plan, or maybe a process, or maybe even trade secrets. Um, that could cover, you could have that inside of uh, an NDA of information that you're going to share with the company, but you're not going to share it with anybody else. There it is. You're not going to share it with anybody else. It's perfect. Now, why is that important? Well, sometimes a company, once you submit an idea to them, they're going to want more information, okay? And you have to share kind of what you own, what you filed. They're, they really want to know, hey, kind of, you know, what do you think you own here? And you might have to share your confidential information with them. So an NDA can be really important. It's usually between three and five years that they're going to keep it private. I get it. So it can be a great tool. It's also a remarkable tool if you have trade secrets. Now, let's talk about trade secrets for just a minute. Let's say you have a formula for a recipe, and recipes cannot really be protected. You could protect it with the trade secret. Got it. It's a trade secret. It's a secret recipe from, from my grandmother's uh, kitchen years and years ago. I can protect it 
that trade secret of that recipe with an NDA. But make sure if you do that, it doesn't have a, an end date, like three or five years, it goes on forever. That way they can't share it. That's one, that's a great tool for an NDA. But overall, an NDA, it's not this protection tool you think it is. It's really a device to stop that company from sharing your information with anybody else. Now, why is that important? Now, for me personally, what I do is that I file a, uh, most likely a provisional patent application. I take care of that myself. And then I show the benefit of my idea to a company. And if they want more information, that's when I might ask for them to sign an NDA. And guess what? They're not going to sign mine. So most likely I'm going to have to sign theirs. So that's a perfect sequence of events that happen for you to ask um, for them to sign an NDA. Now, the reason why I have them sign an NDA, well, Steve, why? You've already filed intellectual property. Why do you care? Well, I, sometimes I might care because if they sign an NDA and they will not make it public, I've kind of stopped the public disclosure issue. Well, why is that important? Well, I might want to refile it because when I have a provisional patent application, I've got one year to shop it around to see if anybody wants my idea. But let's say it's going to take longer than a year. For some reason, I'm a little slow and you shouldn't be slow. But for some reason, a year comes up and I don't want to file a non-provisional patent application. That's where the big money comes in. I could file my provisional patent application again. I could refile it. I'm going to lose the date of that year, but I could refile it because I haven't made any public disclosures because they've signed an NDA. There you go. That's how I use it. Now, a lot of people, a lot of inventors think that if someone signs an NDA, it's going to protect me. Well, from what? I do think there can be some language in an NDA that can protect you. Okay, definitely with trade secrets, we already talked about that. But also, if you have language in there that states that they cannot reverse engineer your idea. I've seen them in NDAs, they're wonderful. Their language says basically, you're not gonna reverse engineer, figure out what I've got and work around it to, to steal it from me. I love that language, you guys, but very, very rarely have I ever seen anybody sign an NDA that has that type of language. It's almost impossible. Can it be done? Yes, I just don't see it done very often. Do I use that type of language in my NDAs? No, I do not. Now, there's other types of documents you could have them sign, um, maybe non-competes where they cannot compete in a certain area because of the information you have provided them. I think that's also hard to get people to sign as well. Um, they're called non-compete agreements. Um, and then there's another type of agreement where they will not um, circumvent um, your, your idea. They won't try to get around it too. And that's another type of agreement. That's sometimes it's separate from an NDA. The bottom line is, I don't think companies are going to sign those types of agreements with you. I think it's too risky for them to sign a non-competer. They're not going to work around you. I don't see it done. All right. So what does that mean at the end of the day? I think it means that you have to at least be aware of NDAs. 
non-disclosure agreements. You also have to realize they can be an important tool. But for me, I protect my own idea with the provisional patent application. And if I want to stop the clock for public disclosure because I might have to refile again, then I have them sign an NDA. Sometimes if I know I'm going to file a non-provisional patent application within that year because I'm not going to have to refile, I don't care if they sign an NDA at all. Now, some of the other benefits of an NDA, it can give um, a tone of professionalism. And I said before, and I'll say this again, you're never, they're not going to sign yours. Most likely you're going to have to sign theirs. So please read it very carefully. And if you do have one of your own, which you might, because you, maybe you're working with vendors and they're building stuff for you, like prototypes, you could have them sign that. That's a great thing to do. Have a patent attorney write one for you that's appropriate. There you go. Now, there's other things that, that you can add to an NDA, such as work for hire language, meaning that if I hire a vendor to do work for me, they sign my NDA, but it also has language in there that anything they do, anything they come up with that pertains to my invention, I own. It's called work for hire language, and you can find that in NDAs too. So here's what I've learned about NDAs. They're just tools. They're not the greatest protection tool because they're not really set up to be that. If you're worried about protection, find a good company that's looking for ideas that work with inventors, file a provisional patent application or other types of intellectual property, and maybe sign an NDA if you want to stop the clock for public disclosure. That's the way I would use it. You guys, I really like this whole process. Like I said, I'm not a patent attorney. I'm not giving you legal advice. I'm giving you business advice. But here's the other tip. I highly recommend that you don't find some NDA on the internet and use it. If you're concerned about sharing confidential information with vendors or potential licensees, have a patent attorney write one for you. There you go. Get good legal advice. This is Stephen Key. I'm trying to give you practical business advice of how to use some of these tools to pitch your ideas. I've been pitching my ideas for years and years and years. And most of the times I don't use NDAs because I've done my own filings with provisional patent applications. But sometimes I'm dealing with companies that I don't really know. I'm going to be sharing some really important information I don't want for other people to know because I'm going to refile again. That's when I use an NDA. All right, there's a lot to this topic. I'm not an expert at NDAs. If you need more information, make sure you're getting good good advice from a patent attorney and all the ins and outs of NDAs. And if you receive one yourself, make sure you understand it, read it. And if you don't understand it, get good professional help to help you understand the details. This is Stephen Key. Thank you for watching this video.